1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, man, they have a great promotion going on, and it ends this Thursday. They're going to be auctioning off over 100 items, including toys, jewelry, electronics, kitchen supplies, and 82-inch television, so much more. And how do you bid? Well, you can earn something called chits there, just fake money, and you can get them with locked-up jackpots, players' points, winning their daily drawings every two hours. So get on up there, and you can be part of this awesome auction and don't forget that sasquatch has a sports book you can bet on your favorite teams and watch your favorite games sasquatch and wildcard casino a family-owned casino that treats you like family mace how are you doing very well you had a great day on the golf course today i heard this is the first time i was telling danny this this is the first time in all the years that i have been in this business that i've actually played on a work day It has never happened Mm because I I just can't get the show out of my mind, but we had a lot of good show notes early on and, um, you know, we were as prepared as we could be, you know, got home at about 2.15, was able to work on the show. Uh, But yeah, it was nice to get out there. Gorgeous day. Really, really good day on the golf course. Um, Really good day on the golf course. I'll just leave it at that. Anyway, how are you? I'm fine. All right. fine. You ready to?
2: I didn't sleep very well last night for whatever reason. Although I think I slept better than I thought I did. I had, you know, how you have sometimes those dreams where it just feels very real. Never.
1: Well, I do, and then yeah. the then I wake up and the bed's all wet.
2: Well, the interesting thing is like, <laughs> Gosh. I have a dr- like I dream sometimes that I've I have plastic me- sheets. I, I dream that I'm waking up and going through the day. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, in this case, I dreamed that I was struggling to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I knew it was a dream and not reality. Was literally on as I'm struggling to fall asleep. Literally, you have Drew Locke and Vic Fangio on the other side of the room having their press conference hmm. and asking questions, and I like while I'm sleeping or while I'm trying to sleep. And that's what why I, I, real, I realized when I woke up, oh, I think I, I slept better than I thought I did. Right, because a dream told me I was ne- never going to sleep. But again, right. there, there's always that one little thing that tells me that I'm in a dream rather than right. in reality. And that was right. the part. So, I'm by, weird.
1: by the way, I want to read my favorite tweet of the day on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. Okay. This is coming from Mile High Memories. Uh-huh. He, uh, he must have been listening to the show yesterday because he said... I love thinking about Eric Goodman cramming show notes together after a day of golfing. Huh. For the record, you and I do the yeah. show notes together. Although you had the show basically written this morning,
2: it was fantastic, and that's why I put the poll up this afternoon. Right. I'm like, "That's a good topic." Let's. Right. I want, and I, I knew it was going to be a blowout, and the poll won't we'll get into that, but yeah. it's the responses are
1: definitely worth diving into. And, oh, by the way, not a lot of breaking news today. If there was, mm-hmm. we would have gotten it all in. But there's the Broncos didn't have a press conference today. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the NHL, they're not going to send their players to the Olympics. Other than that, the Avs are, th- are shut down right now. Yeah. So. And we will also talk about a potential impending deal between Altitude and Comcast. And I found out some really interesting information this morning before I went to the golf course. And how encouraged Avs and Nuggets fans should be about this. Not just encouraged, but very, very encouraged. Time now for The Lead. The Lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Okay, Mace. The Broncos are 7-7. Seven and seven, And I believe for the first time since 2002, this late in the season, 13 teams... In one conference, have been five hundred or better. Is that nuts?
3: Yeah, that's and crazy.
1: With that, the Broncos are one of those seven and seven teams. They have the fourth worst record in the AFC, which seems too hard to believe. I mean, how could you be the fourth worst team in your own conference with a seven and seven record? Well, the reason is there are so many other seven and seven teams. So the Broncos are ahead of the Jets at three and eleven. Texans are three and eleven, and the Jaguars are two and eleven. Broncos tied with the Browns, Dolphins, and Raiders at 7-7. Seven and seven, Half game behind the Steelers and only one game behind the Ravens, Bills, Chargers, Colts, and Bengals, who happen to be the fourth seed. Mm-hmm. I know what the standings say. I know teams are tied, but we also know what tiebreakers are. Are the Broncos really the fourth worst team in the AFC? They're not. And in fact, um, for starters,
2: yes, Las Vegas is also 7-7. Seven and seven. Las Vegas had to struggle and nearly f- and nearly fumbled its way to a loss to a team on an emergency quarterback who just got there. Nick Mullins, a team without
1: one third of its starters. That was the Cleveland Browns. Before you jump on the the Broncos are better than the Raiders, let's have this conversation after the game on Sunday.
2: I think we'll have it as well. But at the same time, the Raiders aren't the same team that they were when the Broncos faced them back in October. They're just they're they're just not.
1: I agree and. Yesterday, well, they, they, they had one major incident that turned everything upside and it, down. And, it, and I'm not
2: talking about John Gruden, right? We're talking about Henry Ruggs, of course. And the thing about that is, with Henry Ruggs, since the Raider, since that incident, and the Raiders had to cut him, they're a two and five team. And if you look at the games in the last two years when the Raiders have played without Henry Ruggs, they're two and eight in those games, he wasn't their leading receiver his the threat that he brought with his vertical speed changed everything about what that offense could do dynamically without him it's an offense that by the way in those in those 7 games since they cut him they've scored 16 14 13 36 hello outlier in dallas
1: 15 9 and 16 points with that okay i'll I'll just come out and say i believe that there are only two teams worse than the Broncos. Now, I understand the whole any given Sunday thing. Of those teams that are in the tiebreak mixer Of all the teams ahead of them. Okay. There's only two teams I believe they are better than. Okay. I think they're better than the Raiders right now. Mm-hmm. Listen, if Henry Ruggs is playing, if Henry Ruggs doesn't go dumb, mm-hmm. I'm picking the Raiders. Right. Okay, sorry. So I'm going to call that an aberration. I know that they're probably better than them, but I can understand why they're struggling. I think the only team that they're better than is the Dolphins. That's it. And the funny thing is you're saying that about a team that's won six in a row, but look who they've beaten. Those six first of all. Oh, don't five, don't go the look look well, who they've beaten route when looking at the Broncos. Well, they
2: that's why I'm saying yeah. basically the Raider the, the Dolphins and Broncos, it's like this the meme of two Spider-Mans. They're staring at each other, they're mirror images. The Dolphins had a more demanding start to the season and then reversed it when they had a run of literally six out of seven games at home. And those games include five or five out of six at home. Pardon me. And those games included Houston, Baltimore. That was an upset. Good for them. The jets, the Panthers, the giants and the jets again. So the dolphins and Broncos got to the same point, but The Broncos had their easy stretch early, and the Dolphins had their easy stretch
1: later. They're basically the same type of team. I understand the any given Sunday. I know that Detroit beat Arizona. I know that there have been other head-scratching final scores this season. I get it. But with that, the Broncos got wins over the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets all because of a last-place schedule last year. Because of a 17th game, they got the Detroit Lions. Those four teams have a combined record of 11-44, and 44, and they are currently holding four of the top six picks in the draft. What does the Broncos' record honestly look like if they didn't get that type of favorable schedule?
2: Let's say they played four mid-tier teams instead of those teams. Two and two at best. Yeah. So so you can t- that that deducts two wins, adds two losses. Five and nine. And there's another thing to consider, just as you get to the end of the season here. Let's say you play the Chiefs, and they're playing their B team because right. they've wrapped it up. The Broncos, if the, the the if the Broncos split these two games against the Raiders and Chargers, that pretty much ends their playoff hope. They could still be a winning team. However, if they are nine and eight, and five of those nine wins are over the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, the Lions, and the Kansas City B team, yes, you are a winning team, but I find it hard to believe that that would be enough to justify staying the course with the current
1: sideline administration. I'll take it another direction, and we'll talk more about that in the next segment. I I, I would really shudder to think what could happen to the Broncos if they actually made the playoffs with that offense, knowing that Drew Locke might play the rest of the way. So I'm sorry if you're a Drew Locke fan.
2: They'll be capable of some spectacular plays. I mean, you're basically rolling. You're rolling the dice and hoping it looks like that Houston game to back in 2019. Okay, well, the, the, well, that's I, what you're hoping. Listen, but the more likely outcome is it looks like the Kansas City game last
1: year. You, you're you're looking at
2: in at home be, being
1: being too. fortunate to keep it within two touchdowns. Opening round of the playoffs for the Broncos. With their offense, I know their defense is really good. Their defense would have to play out of its mind with turnovers, and Locke would have to play completely mistake-free, and that doesn't happen very often. They would need a game
2: plan, I think, that looks a little bit like the Colts' game plans recently. Run, run, run. Heavy heavy run emphasis. Yeah. Just enough passing. And honestly, if they don't trust Drew Lock and – you couldn't blame him if they don't trust Drew Locke because he's turned the ball over four times in the 14 possessions he's played this year. If you don't trust Drew Locke, the way to get to the playoffs, that your, your long shot, your only shot, is by basically both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams being running back one and getting running back one work between them. So running the ball 75% of the time.
1: All right, coming up after the break, NFL teams can start interviewing coaches for vacancies next week. So if the Broncos lose to Vegas on Sunday, essentially, not literally, but essentially, knocking the Broncos out of the playoffs, should Peyton just pull the trigger, rip the Band-Aid off, and be done with it? We'll talk about that next. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Time now for The Buzz.
0: The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089.
1: NFL teams can start interviewing head coaches next week on Zoom. If the Broncos lose in Las Vegas on Sunday, which would essentially knock the Broncos out of the playoffs, I don't think they would be necessarily mathematically eliminated, but I think that would pretty much be it for them. Should Peyton just rip off the Band-Aid and pull the trigger on Fangio?
2: If he's going to do it, if he's made the decision, he should follow the advice of former Florida eighty Jeremy Foley, who said what will be done eventually should be done immediately. And just do it. If, especially if you can start the process of interviewing. I don't think he will, but I think he should. Do you think he's made up his mind yet? No. I think uh, not as long as the team is in the playoff hunt, he's not.
1: I don't think he's made up his mind. Losing to the Raiders, a team that has really struggled since the Henry Ruggs incident, mm-hmm. in a game yesterday that... I don't want to say they were fortunate to win; they won the game. You're not fortunate to win a game when you win a game. But let's look at the team that they beat, in the Cleveland Browns, who were all banged up, and as you said, they were playing their B team. Um, I, I don't see how you can, I don't see how you can justify keeping the majority of this coaching staff, even if mathematically. They are still in it. I don't see how your decision isn't made. If the offense goes out and poops all over itself, it just is what it is. Just rip the band aid off and be done with it.
2: I mean, it's possible that, uh, you know, certainly Vic Fangio may be thinking that the sacrif- sacrificial lambs, as it were, could be Pat Shermer and Tom McMahon if he's trying to argue for his job after the season.
1: But at the same time, I think Shermer. I think. Listen, I have no inside knowledge on what I'm about to say, but I cannot imagine George Payton has any intent of bringing Shermer back. Right. I I can't.
2: I can't see a reason why he would. But the thing, the thing that to me that I look at more so than the wins and losses, not the wins and losses don't matter, are two things. Number one. You've had three games this year that were considered to be huge games, right? Mm -hmm. Litmus test games. Baltimore, Kansas City, and then Cincinnati on Sunday. They've come up small in all three of them. Yep. That's number one. Number two, and it was something you mentioned yesterday, uh, the comments – that Vic Fangio made at halftime at halftime that uh, were relayed by Evan uh, Washburn of the CBS. It's an execution
1: thing, not a scheme thing, but this is part of the general
2: pattern, putting it on everybody else rather than himself. I mean, one thing that I respect about Tom McMahon as beleaguered as he is as a special teams coordinator, Tom McMahon always says it comes back to him. It's on me. That's what you should do as a leader. You put the success on everyone who made it possible, and when it fails, you say, okay, look, I'm, the buck stops with me. It's, I take responsibility. That's what leadership is. And I think Fangio far more often than not leans on the the players didn't execute it rather than anything that was a failing from the sideline. I mean, I would argue, for example, that and it's, it's sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other. I would argue, for example, that a big reason why the Bengals got that three points at the end of the first half was because of the defensive call. Rush three, drop eight, and play so deep that you concede enough yardage to put the Bengals
1: in field goal range. Yeah, and what, That's from the sideline. That, that, to me, that's on the defensive call. That's on the coaching. And you know what? And as a head coach, you blew a call. It's third and one. You're playing for a field goal. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you passing the ball for? Just run more clock if that's what you're playing for anyway. We know Brandon McManus, I know he missed the field goal, but generally speaking, he's going to make it from there anyway. So let him kick as time expires. You know, we use this term all the time when it comes to sports, specifically referring to general managers and coaches. Mm -hmm. The general manager buys the groceries and the coach cooks with it. Thank you, Bill Parcells. Now, let's use this analogy where it really doesn't work. I believe, listen, I don't know how much Vic Fangio truly believes in Pat Shermer, but at the end of the day, if he really doesn't like what he's seeing, then he should take over more of the offensive responsibilities. I don't think he wants to do that. He likes the lane that he's in, which is being the defensive coordinator. It's, I'm not going to use the word overwhelming, but it is probably too much on his plate to be the head coach, and then take over some offensive responsibilities. With that, that comment from Vic Fangio says to me, hey, our offensive players have a really good game plan. They've got some really good groceries, and they're just not cooking with it. That's what that tells me with what he said. We have a really good game plan. These guys aren't executing it. Uh-uh. That that analogy does not work with the groceries. You your your groceries are not good because your game plan is not good. Uh, I'll I'll say it over and over and over again. You keep threatening the jet sweep with Jerry Judy, right. yet you don't run the jet sweep. When you see that your receivers cannot get separation or cannot beat their guys off the line of scrimmage and you have two really good ones in sutton and patrick then maybe you need to do something better with your scheme to free them up drop up something
2: different and yet you come into the game with a play sheet you can you can tweak little things here and there work work on the sideline with it, you you know you find yourself wondering if uh, one of the weaknesses here, even though it's nice to have the eye in the sky, um, is that he's not down there to maybe communicate and change some things if things aren't aren't going well.
1: <sighs>
2: it's the, the jet sweep thing that that bothers me because I know I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the defense to react and change its alignment, and then you're trying to kind of take advantage. Of the pre-snap movement that leads to a vacated area, I get that. I get why you do it, but if you don't ever actually run the jet sweep or don't ru- or run it highly infrequently, nobody takes it seriously. If you're going to do that, you've got to you've got to run that. I wouldn't say every t- every other time, but you've probably got to run it every fifth or sixth time you're doing it to have it taken seriously. I was joking this morning that I'm surprised at this point that Jerry Judy doesn't just hold up his movement and then when the quarterback turns, whoever he is, Drew or Teddy Bridgewater, just take the ball. Like, you're not getting the ball to me anyway. I'm just going to take it and see what I can do
1: myself. Wouldn't that be something? We, we've been screaming for a long time about Pat Shermer, run the ball more, run the ball more, right? Mm-hmm. They finally started to run the ball more against the Chargers. Now, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you run the ball. It's how many points do you score? Mm -hmm. Because really, that's what matters, right? Yeah. I heard somebody say this about Andy Reid, what makes him so great after the bye week. Did you hear this theory? No. Because I I did ask Pat Shermer, who worked a decade
2: with Andy Reid, if he had any insight into that. What did he say? He said, he didn't know Then he's a schmuck.
1: Yeah. And, and hold on. let me make sure that people know that I didn't say that incorrectly. He's a schmuck. And I'll tell you why. Because some people who I've talked to who have been close to the team said Andy Reid is the type of guy that takes a bye week and looks at his own tendencies mm-hmm. and tries to break them after the bye week tries to break them after the bye week. The Broncos scored 21 points after the bye week. Does Pat Shermer seem that evolved as an offensive play caller and a coordinator that he looks at his tendencies and says, I need to break them because I didn't see him breaking anything. He ran the ball more, which is something that he should have been doing more, and the offense only scored 21 points. Yeah, I mean, 21 is actually pretty good for
2: this offense. It is, but sadly. Yeah. By the way, like, I mean, that pattern of – Every other week, one week on, one week off, 17, 30, 13, 21, 9, 38, 10. You know, truth be told, between that and the rate and the state of the Raiders' defense, which is poor at this moment, wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos put up 24, 27 points on Sunday. Right. I mean, look, I know everyone's down. I, I think the Broncos are going to win this game.
1: Yeah, no, that's what we said last week.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. The, the thing that could get them in a bad in bad shape and I'm sure we're going to get to this over the course of the next couple of days as well is this they put so much on last week's game that Justin Simmons saying do or die does this team have anything left in the tank emotionally or with the record seven and seven the playoff chances five percent could be four percent by the way by the time they kick off. The COVID restrictions on players increasing; they can't go to bars, restaurants, they can't go to big gatherings, etc. You wonder if maybe if they're not on a emo- they're not on a high emotional point, if they maybe pack it in a little bit after these games that are do or die.
1: Okay, what do you think Peyton would like to happen in Sunday's game? Knowing that if they lose, he could probably move on from all of them. Or would you like? Do you believe he would like to see them win? I think George Payton genuinely wants to see the team win, and I do too. And I'll tell you why because it looks better for him too. Yeah, more wins you have, and it's also a good selling point. Mm-hmm. Listen, Peyton Manning wasn't wasn't sold on a five and eleven team; he was sold on a playoff team. And maybe Russell
2: Wilson, because he has to waive a no trade clause, or Aaron Rodgers, who has to right? has to prove it. Either one of them, even if they're not a playoff team, and even if, like we mentioned earlier five of the wins came against four bad teams plus a Kansas City B team. Those aren't details that a lot of people get into. The big thing you see is 9-8.
1: and 9-8 and eight with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater? What could I do with that team? By the way, you know what just dawned on me? You know what the best thing that could honestly happen to the Broncos on Sunday is to lose? Rip the Band-Aid off? There are three reasons why You can make the case. It's a good reason why they lose. Okay. And I bet you can guess two of them easily. And one, I'd be willing to bet you haven't thought of, but when I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, wow, I never thought of that. So give me the two obvious ones. Get a head start on the coaching search. That's number one. Yep. Number two, obvious. Obvious. Yeah, I thought
2: the number one was obvious.
1: No, 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 no. I'm saying, what's next? Okay. What's next? But it's obvious. You get clarity on the quarterback position once and for all. Well, okay, let me spell it out. So, number one, what you said. Maybe get more clarity on the – you already have clarity on the quarterback situation. Yeah, but – You you, you have clarity. You know that there are people out there who think that Drew Locke could do well enough to where it muddles things. It it doesn't matter what other people think. I think the minds are made up about Drew Locke.
2: I mean, I would hope so because if he does well, it's very much like – oh, this guy's great
1: in December, but what about the other three months? Okay, so number one, in no particular order, one and two, you can flip-flop. You can maybe start your interview process early. Yeah. Number two, better draft pick, right? That's obvious. Mm -hmm. You want to know what number three is? Yeah. Can you think of anything? No, tell me. Last place schedule. That's true.
2: And next year, you're playing the entire AFC South. so You're you're already getting Houston and Jacksonville. Right. Although... I don't expect Jacksonville is going to be what they were this year. But the last place schedule means you'll get whoever's last place in the AFC North. So that's going to be a decent team regardless because it's a good division top to bottom. But it means you'll get the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. You also get last place in the NFC South, which at this moment is the Carolina Panthers. Right. Who just appear to be a dumpster fire at this point. Right. A cha-
1: and a chaotic dumpster fire at that. Yeah. You get the last-place schedule again, and you do it with a team that's roughly going to be 500 as opposed to 5-11 because you lose the Raiders. I mean, they win that tiebreak. By the way, like you take a look at um, the
2: AFC East, Mm -hmm. playing last place versus third place is the difference between playing a Miami team that is decent, that actually is moving in the right direction, and could have Deshaun Watson next year if they get back in that mix. Right. Or the Jets, who haven't been to the playoffs since
1: 2010? Coming up after the break, Altitude and Comcast have agreed to a settlement conference. Now, that's a good thing, okay? But I'm going to tell you why it's really, 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 really good. Something that a lot of people in town aren't even familiar with. If you're not familiar with it, Here's your tease. Go to my Twitter feed. I put it out about six hours ago. If you don't have Twitter, you want to look at my Twitter feed, I'll tell you why this could not be any more encouraging that the Nuggets and Avs are going to be on Comcast sooner than later. That's next. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending.
0: What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. If you are a Nuggets
1: fan, an Avs fan, a Rapids fan, any fan of a team that is on Altitude, you should be very encouraged by the news that has come out over the last three to four days. Altitude and Comcast have agreed to a settlement conference after a very long dispute. Now, there is a difference between mediation and a settlement conference. And the difference is this. Mediation, you actually hire a mediator. A settlement conference is something that is done by a federal judge because this is a federal case. With that, I talked to one of the top labor attorneys in town today on the phone. And he said to me, do you know who the federal judge is for this settlement conference? I said, I don't, but I know somebody who does. So while I'm on the phone with him, uh, my friend, I texted another contact of mine and said, you know who this is? And this has been public knowledge, I think, for the last three, four days. I just didn't know the guy's name. And what my friend said to me was, you want it to be a guy by the name of Michael Haggerty. He said, that is the guy. If he's the guy, and this is the quote from my friend, Haggerty is the Michael Jordan of settlement conferences. He has a 95% success rate, others are about 55 percent and when I say others I'm talking about all other federal judges they got the best of the best and the bottom line is this if they can't come to an agreement working with Haggerty um this will not get done and it's over it will it will likely be over and altitude will never be on Comcast so what he is the best of the best what we're saying is that
2: literally, the chances of this not being settled are the same as the chances of the Broncos making the playoffs 5%.
1: Well, listen, you the, said 95% that he settles. That's the, no, yeah. that's his success rate. That's what I mean. In getting get both settlement. sides to agree. Now the right. way, now what happened was both sides were in front of a federal judge last week and the federal judge suggested a settlement conference. Comcast said yes, immediately. And Altitude's attorney said, well, we need to talk to somebody to see if this is okay, meaning we need to talk to Stan. Well, Stan signed off on it. With that. Stan doesn't
2: really want these things to go to open trial. Look at the settlement that uh, happened with St. Louis. And that that certainly benefited him. Even though he he paid
1: a lot of money to make that go away. do, Do you really think this moves the needle, honestly, with Nuggets and Avs fans, I'm talking about hardcore. Because if you're a hardcore fan, you have found ways to get the games anyway, or you have changed over.
2: Yeah, but the thing, yeah, it doesn't move the needle with them. But the hardcore element is 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 not as large a percentage as it might seem. You're you have lost a lot of the casual fans, but the cat, but casual fans, you make a lot of money off casual fans. Casual fans like are, are the ones that basically double your ratings when things are going well. Casual fans are the ones that turn 13,000 people for a midweek game involving the Nuggets into 18,000 people at Ball Arena. Casual fans do mean a hell of a lot of money. This matters. Most of the diehards, I agree, they figured out the the workaround through through IP addresses and uh, illegal streams and that sort of thing. The diehards have done that. Or they've just bucked up and said, "Fine, I'm just going to go get uh, Direct TV, or I'm going to get Direct TV streaming."
1: With the people, that, that, and that's the thing. You can get Direct TV streaming and yeah. get Altitude. With the people who left Comcast because of this dispute, they're not coming back. Okay, so I don't really see where Comcast is, honestly going to make that much of a financial gain. Well, here's what I think. They've that, already lost people, and I they're not coming back. They've
2: lost people, but I think what they will probably do to try to get people back, a lot of people still have internet through Comcast, even though they have TV through somebody else now. I mean, one thing that is common among Denver Nuggets fans at this point is Comca- is they've gone to streaming. They've gone to direct TV Stream. But Comcast slash Xfinity still provides their internet, so you imagine that what Comcast may do, if this gets settled and Altitude returns to the Comcast airwaves, is they will try to make deals and appeal to those customers with bundles, probably at starting like at a ridiculously low rate. Hey, you know you're paying seventy bucks a month for D- for a Direct TV stream. You've already got your internet through Comcast. Come back, at your cable. We'll knock it down though. No. Like thirty five bucks a month. I for I would next, imagine, for the next three months. Right. I would imagine and then they'll they, jam you up. With right. Like they will. $200. But I would expect that you will see some kind of short term marketing and promotional effort and some kind of short-term discount coming from Comcast to try to get as many of those customers back as possible, the ones that are still getting their internet through Comcast, which is substantial. I mean, I don't have Comcast television. I have Direct TV, but I still have Comcast internet.
1: I'll be honest with you, and I could be wrong, and I have no data to back this up. I don't think Comcast lost a lot of subscribers over this. I really don't, because those people found ways to get it pirating it or however or or they know somebody wink wink nudge nudge who has a direct tv account and that person gave that person their password do you know anybody who may have done that i think
2: there may have been a few the other thing is i think you've also got the uh again i think you had there's there's certain percentage of customers that actually still end up giving a little more money to comcast because they upgrade their internet to make sure they didn't have any streaming issues right i mean they probably said oh well um i figured out this workaround I don't really want to get new internet because because Comcast typically works fine on internet. So maybe you go get that one that that uh, that that one gig speed, as it were. You know, the gigabyte internet, and then you get your IP thing going, and you pretend that you're in you know you're in Detroit or Chicago or London or Bangkok or wherever, and you just watch the game to your heart's content. What do we have coming
1: up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it
3: two more NFL games tonight to finish off week 15 and a development in the Olympics. As far as NHL player participation goes, that's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
1: Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at May Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale alum to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word.
0: The final word. Are you ready? Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in
3: case you missed it, both NFL games rescheduled for tonight start at 5 o'clock PM Mountain Time, Washington at Philadelphia and Seattle. At the Los Angeles Rams should the league have staggered the start of these games like yesterday's were Uh, they're both on Fox so maybe that wasn't really an option for them but do you think that they should have tried to mix up the times and do you have any particular thoughts on tonight's matchups
2: yeah a hundred percent because you could have done this and said you have the East Coast game going at five o'clock Mountain seven o'clock Eastern now you have a West Coast game the Rams and Seahawks are kicking off at 4 p.m. Pacific time. But what time did the uh, Browns game kick off yesterday? That kicked off at 7 p.m. Uh, or that kicked off at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. Hmm. Yeah, not great. They, they did and that. What to time? T- what time did? What time they, they, they did off to, in Los they, Angeles? They did that. They, oh, two o'clock in yeah, the afternoon. They did that to protect Monday Night Football, but I don't they agree it? with it. I, if If it were up to me, again, I would. I would have made sure that the Browns game was a little bit later. Five o'clock is hard. For people to get to and LA, I mean, get getting there at four o'clock on a Tuesday. That's I, you're doing a disservice to the fans in this in the stands. I I, I would have actually loved the doubleheader tonight, but that's not what we're getting. By the way, Washington um isn't going to have Taylor Heineke. Is,
1: oh isn't,
2: no, isn't going to have well, that changes my no, whole betting pattern. No, let me finish. They're not going to have Taylor Heineke. They're not going to have uh their backup Kyle Allen. It's gonna be Garrett Gilbert tonight. So. It's an easy pick for Philadelphia. By the way, I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah.
1: When's the when's the next CBA up in, uh, in the NFL?
2: Uh, it's a 10-year CBA, but uh,
1: I think there's an opt-out a few years earlier than that. I'd be willing to bet that the NFL owners try and find a way. They've already gotten that 17th game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That they try and move games to Tuesday night for gambling purposes. More eyeballs, more people can gamble, more people want to gamble, and they can watch the games. And I think gambling is going to start controlling the schedule, and they're going to push the union to play games, staggering it, Mm -hmm. on, on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Not Friday, Saturday, and then then Sunday.
2: Yeah, 2030, if everything goes well, is when it expires. I I
1: think they're going to push it sooner.
2: Yeah, there's actually already a plan in place for Monday night, more Monday night doubleheaders starting in 2023.
1: Oh, thank goodness, because we need more of those. Yeah,
2: Tuesday night football.
1: Another another 2 o'clock in the afternoon start on the West Coast.
2: I mean, aren't you surprised that they haven't uh, gone for Fridays during uh, December? No, you don't do that because,
1: believe it or not, you're not going to compete with high school football. No, I said December. Not before on Fridays, then. no. Not no. before that. The NFL, no, no. Saturdays because those crazy bowl games. The NFL,
2: the NFL is literally not allowed to play on Friday unless it's like a a weather like a hurricane moving through and they have to move the game to Friday. No. Other than that, they're not allowed to play on Friday until why? I because it's Religious? protecting it's to protect high school football. Ah. They're not allowed to play on Friday until I believe the second or third week in December. They'll they'll, they'll push more games to
1: Saturday, though.
2: More eyeballs, more gambling. Not, not any more than they already have.
1: They'll get more in in September, in December, in January. Yes, but not before then. You you probably get more. You're going to get more action tonight on these Mm -hmm. two games than you would have if they were played on Sunday. Tuesday is the next frontier. I agree. No, I understand. But think about this for a second. You will get more action tonight on these two teams than you would have. Had they played on Sunday. I agree. And that's my point. But that's, yeah, but it's going to be Tuesday. It's not going to be about Friday and, and more I, games I, on I Saturday. said it won't be Friday. Yeah. I said it'll be Tuesday. And then you have yeah. Thursday. And then in December, it'll be Saturday. They should have a minor league that plays on Wednesdays.
3: There you go. Any day that ends in Y, the NFL will play. Just in case you missed it, something we've talked about multiple times over the last week or so, the NHL and NBA both with COVID spikes. The NHL has shut down until after Christmas. The NBA pushing forward. Adam Silver said no plan to pause the season. Why is that? I have, a, I have a definite reason why. You got any ideas? Because Christmas Day is Bingo. the biggest
2: television Bingo. day on the calendar Bingo. in the regular season for the National Basketball
1: Association.
2: It's what? It's a
1: quintuple header? Right. Let's. You can't r- mess with that. Yes, let's <laughs> risk the lives of the players. And I say that metaphorically. I don't think anybody's going to die. All those people, all those players, generally speaking, all of them actually have had COVID shots. No one's going to die, but you, you, you're, not, you're, you're, you're not going to give up the almighty dollar and Christmas prime time yeah. uh, for this little COVID thing. Omicron, you're going to have to take a back seat. We have some money to make on ABC, right? Yeah, I mean, why did the NFL
2: change their rules? That actually those changes kick in next week. Don't
1: want to, don't want to have the schedule screwed up. Ah, yeah. all right. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store and try out the appliances before you buy them. Also, their sales staff really the best in the business. When you when you are buying something that is that high of a ticket item, you want to talk to people that can answer all your questions, ask you the right questions. Whether you want to, you know, redesign your whole kitchen, you want something to fit your budget, go with the best Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver coming up after the break Mike Shanahan famously said when a guy is looking for a head coaching opening when he's looking at a head coaching job he should look for two things first who is the owner and who is the quarterback so if that's the case with all of these openings coming up we're in the hell of the Broncos fall in terms of desirable spots that's next